Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. We're here with Noel the Spark Plug Brown, our super producer, as always. Spark Plug. I like it. Or we could go with one that's like a... Uh, like a precursor to the name. I don't know how, a prefix, I guess. Oh, okay, like... Do it yourself, Noel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our super producer, do it yourself, Noel Brown, is here. You are here, uh, and that makes this car stuff. What are we doing in today's episode? Well, today, I, I came across an article, and this was, uh, I guess it's really good timing. I'll explain that in just a moment, but yeah. I came across an article in, uh, in Jalopnik. I was reading through some of the blogs and uh, some of the um, uh, those sites that I, I gather a bunch of information for our Facebook you know our Facebook page and all that, and I came across one that uh, that it, it, it piqued my interest, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But um, it's titled "Here are some easy jobs to get you started with working on cars," and I thought, well, okay, let's see what the what the recommendation is here. And it was a solid article, you know, a good good bit of advice. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, and it, our our experienced renters in the crowd here don't tune out because I got some questions for you along the way too. But <laughs> um, I was wondering if people in general now feel as confident about attempting auto repair at home as they did in the past. I mean, I wonder if, you know, the oh. older people like myself that have a newer car are as, uh, as, as comfortable doing repairs themselves. I wondered if uh, younger kids that have a, a relatively new car are comfortable even beginning anything like this, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the simple things that we normally would do in the past, mm-hmm. if that's even possible anymore. And then again, what about others like young kids that maybe have an older car that you can do a lot of stuff on? Are they are they confident in doing that even? So there, there's a bunch of different levels to look at uh-huh. here, and I find all of it interesting. So I think we, I'd like to kind of step through this article sure. later. Okay. Um, but I guess I also want to ask you too along the way, and we'll, we'll think about this as we as we talk. Mm-hmm. But what are you comfortable doing on your own? You know, DIY fix at, at home. Yeah. Or wherever, on the road even. Have you ever been in over your head? <laughs> That's a really good one, yeah. And that we'll get to that as yeah. well, I'm sure, because I've had some that have just kind of, like simple things that have just kind of spiraled out of control, and it happens. But I guess more than anything, 
I, I can maybe give like some a little bit of advice, maybe. Sure. Um, you know, like some things that some some general know-how type stuff, mm-hmm. and it, it's not like a specific um, a tutorial how to change your oil or how to change spark plugs or anything like that. This is more just a general. Um, you know, what should you attempt at home? What maybe you should avoid at home? Why you would avoid it? Why you why you should attempt it? Uh, just mm-hmm. I guess just kind of a, a catch-all episode that that describes a lot of things that you know, a lot of questions that people may have. Hmm. Sound all right to you? Yeah, that sounds perfect. All right. So should I start out by asking, Ben, uh, maybe what is uh, like maybe the most complex thing that you've ever attempted at home? And then also, you know, something that where maybe you were you thought it was easy and then uh-huh. you got in over your head. Let's see. The most complex thing I haven't I haven't done uh, too much complex stuff. Usually it's just been what I would consider the basic at home maintenance, you know, uh, oil changes, spark plugs, things like that. But one thing that stands out in my mind as something that went uh, weirdly wrong was uh, when the brother of a girl I was dating and I worked on her car and we had to drop the gas tank and replace it. You've mentioned this one in the past. I think it was years ago when you yeah, said it, but it yeah. must have been... Uh, quite a deal because you've, every time you, you talk about it, it, it seems like it pains you a bit. Uh, it's like it we were out really there for hard, a while. It must have been a hard, like a long, hard day to get this done, right? I think we just didn't. You know what it was? Uh, whenever you're going to do any kind of car repair, you should always make sure you are prepared for the repair. Yeah. And we just sort of hopped in. Well, this comes up in, in the advice uh, that, that we'll mm-hmm. give later. I'm sure you've got a lot of stuff to, to share as well. Mm-hmm. But these are just some simple things that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, I think you know, it's funny. I think back to um, – God, this goes all the way back to when I was in like seventh grade, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my first attempt at doing, doing anything really mechanical. Um, where I was a little bit, you're, you're daunted by this thing. You know, you, mm-hmm. it, it's something that, uh, you know, you're, you're not accustomed to, to looking at something, uh, you know, a system or an engine or whatever mm-hmm. and tearing it apart. Well, in seventh grade, I had a, uh, a, this is an invaluable lesson, by the way. If you're a kid, this is the way to do it. In seventh grade, my shop teacher, because shop was mandatory and it was wood shop and a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave at the beginning of this uh, particular unit, he brought out of the closet I don't know, maybe 10 or so Briggs and Stratton lawnmower engines. Oh, cool. And the idea here was, I'm sure a lot of people have done this. I don't know if they're still doing it or or not, but, um, he brought out these lawnmower engines and placed them on everybody's, you know, shop bench. And there's groups of three or four people. And the task was that we were going to completely disassemble the engine and understand everything that happened, you know, the, how the the workings of it, the inner workings of it. And how everything fit together, and then, and then had to reassemble, it, ah. and it had to start in order to get credit for that unit. And did you go through something like this too? Uh, I did not go through that in a classroom environment, but I've had some uh, situations with. I, I always enjoy taking apart mechanical things, mm-hmm. right? Even for instance, you know, a cell phone. One time I got a hold of a microwave. That was cool, but uh, small <laughs> engines. When I was a kid, I was really fascinated with a lot of them. And then, uh, well, I know recently out of necessity, you've had to tear down, you've had to tear down lawnmower engines, right? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope that, I hope that if you, if or when you meet, uh, Noel and Scott in person, you give them, uh, you, you give them condolences for having to tolerate my, uh, 
my unending complaint about that lawnmower. <laughs> I, I think at a, at a certain point you just decided it was it was done, right? Yeah. Or did a, you ever get it going? I did get it going. Oh, okay. I did get it going, and I eventually uh, just gave it away. Yeah. Somebody wanted to buy it, but I said, you know, I've done enough with this that I don't think it would be fair for me to <laughs> well, bilk you. Well, anyways, that's the, that's like the, the, the simplest yeah. form of this, really. And a lot of people learn yeah. on a lawnmower engine. They learn stuff like that mm-hmm. when they're young. And, I, I mean – it pays straight. off. I mean, all the way until you know, you're going to be doing that as long as you own lawnmowers or you know, or, mm-hmm. um, any type of lawn equipment like that. You know, weed whips or whatever that are, that are yeah. gas powered. But the thing is, like, it gives you that that confidence, uh-huh. and the confidence is is really really critical here. So if if you're a listener who has never done anything like this, never never attempted a spark plug repair, never mm-hmm. attempted a lawn, you know, an oil change or anything like that. It's a great time to do something like this. It really is because you've got so much information available at your fingertips all the time with a phone or with a laptop or whatever you have. All that stuff is out there. People have got done tutorials on on this over and over. You can watch your specific vehicle, your specific repair, mm-hmm. probably in many places, exactly what you'll need. They'll, they'll give you a list of tools that you need. They, right. will, they will show you step-by-step what to do, some tips and tricks, you know, how to avoid certain problems, some issues. Um, maybe even some shortcuts along the way that will save you some time. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really good time to do this. And, and the confidence thing, one, once you've done it, it's so, do you find it super satisfying after you've completed a successful repair? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, that, that sense is like, uh, I don't know. It's like, was it dopamine that's released in your, in your, in your body? <laughs> right. it's, it really is. It gives you like a, almost a high. It feels uh-huh. really good to, to successfully complete a repair like this. And, and these that we'll, we'll talk about, you know, this is just really again, a, a, a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's more to discuss even, but, um, I'll, I'll also caution you though, that we're going to talk about some things maybe that, you know, or some, some, Asterisks, I guess, on this that, right. will, that will let you know maybe not everything is is uh, cut out for at home work. You know, like some mm-hmm. some things that require special tools or some some procedures that are really dangerous or sure. some things that are um, uh, more precise than what you're mm-hmm. capable of doing on your workbench at home. And there's a lot of that now, more so than there was in, on cars decades ago. So before we dive in too deep, there are a couple things we should do first. Uh, Scott, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever had any surprise repairs or have you had uh, any difficult situations? Have you ever listened to any previous car stuff episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had so many things pop up and, and just like, um, you know, like things that just blow my mind. Like thinking about them now, what happened and how I got, how I was able to limp home. Yeah, uh, with with certain things happening on the road or you know great distances from home, like a timing belt goes out. Yeah, things like that, and like um, you know sometimes tow is required, but but uh-huh. more often than not, in some of my older cars, I was able to get home you know on my own with uh, with whatever I had brought with me, and that's part of carrying a good kit, mm-hmm. you know, specific for my vehicle, and also general enough that if anything happened, I could generally take care of it long enough to get home using you know pieces of rope and and even like a small block of wood to hold a uh, an, an alternator in place you yeah. know like when that bolt drops out or um you know just crazy stuff like that but it's enough just to get home and then you can do the the actual repair or if you're not comfortable with it you can mm-hmm. you know send it off to a pro but um older cars were were generally good for that and I, this isn't going to be a, a new car bashing episode by any means cuz you can still do a lot on a new car right but, okay but here's so, this is the second thing yeah it is a misconception if it's too broad of an accusation, but in a general trend, mm-hmm. 
we see some conflation where people say that um, people say, for instance, uh, younger generations don't care about cars, don't want to own them or don't want to fix them. That also is a misconception because what we're seeing is that more and more auto technology is designed to uh, is designed such that the the owner cannot repair it. Correct. Yes. Right. Like you're in in the warranties of some hybrids and electric cars, you're not allowed to open certain parts of the vehicle. You know that here's something I just found out. What's that? My my car. It's a 2012 Volkswagen, and I looked in the owner's manual for the fuse diagram. Mm-hmm. A problem I was having recently, right. which yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll describe in a moment. But I was looking for the the fuse diagram for what which fuses control what. Simple thing, right? And I thought, okay, well, I can't find it. It's not listed in the in mm-hmm. the owner's manual. Weird. So I opened up the fuse box, thinking that maybe it's printed on the mm-hmm. uh, on the the cover. Yeah, like which, on the inside plate. Yeah, or or even next to the fuse. You know, sometimes they label them that way. It's not there. I think this requires a either uh, you get a shop manual. Of some okay. kind, or, yeah. or something like. I mean, I just can't believe that you know you could be stuck somewhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. and not know you know where your headlamp fuse is, or not know it's just not not marked anywhere. And if it is, it's a secret. I still haven't found it. Um, you know, it's ridiculous that it's, stuff like that's not included in in owners' manuals now. But there's other things like that that I'm coming across uh, weekly. I would say. Did you hear the thing about Clark Howard and the Prius? No. What's that? He uh, so he was a big Prius fan. I believe at one point, but his opinion changed because in the owner's manual, apparently, and listeners write in if you own a Prius and this is true, apparently in the owner's manual, which I, I have not read yet, uh, there's no spare tire. And when you get to the part about how to replace or change a tire, there's a, a, a can of Fix-A-Flat instead. Oh, boy. And then they tell you to call a tow company. Oh, Something no. like that. Really? Know, so case. if you can't make it home with a Fix-A-Flat... Which, by the way, is it, it, that's like a last resort type thing, really. Fix I mean, that's, an, that's an emergency. Thing. Is an emergency. Yeah, thing. yeah, and I know that was kind of the trend was to include a um, you know a twelve volt pump, you know, an, an yeah, air yeah, pump, yeah. and a can of fix a flat because some of the the cars. Uh, let's think like the Crossfire, I think Chrysler Crossfire. That was mm-hmm. one didn't have room for a spare, and right. it had run flat tires, which was also helpful. But you know that only gets you so far. Uh, there's just some strange things that happen occasionally as trends, I guess. Um, the thing with the fuses, I, I couldn't believe it until you know, it happened. And then I go online to look for, you know, look for the answer, and um, you know, it's still difficult to to locate the answer. Um, yeah, which is a little bit frustrating. But um, and just for the record, I, spare tire. I'm not just picking on Prius. Spare tires are in, are less and less common. Yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I think, and, and if you do have one, it's more than likely a space saver spare, a very small one, a tiny donut. Little donut. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's typically the so case. So you have to do the drive of shame. Yeah, like super slow and, uh. I've and, always felt like just such a punk when I was, you know, like, yeah. so foolish. But, you know, it happens. Driving in those. It happens to everybody, right? I mean, at some point, you're going to probably get yeah, a flat tire. Yeah, that's true. So that's it's, true. And, and it's, it's good a, that you knew how to put that on. It's right? a motivating factor, too, to get your tires in better shape. Well, and the thing is, Ben, okay, so this kind of leads into what we're saying. It's What's that? Changing a spare, changing a tire, you know, putting oh, a yeah. spare on. Everyone. That's something that everyone should learn. I've had some uh, some back and forth correspondence with Rudy Smith recently, one of our, our long time yeah. listener, Rudy Smith. Yeah. And um, he was talking about how his uh, his daughter, who, um, you know, was, I think she's in college. Okay. And uh, he had, you know, gone through the whole drive, you know, 
teaching her to drive and, you know, how, you know, the ins and outs of a car. You know, he's very thorough. Rudy. Yes. Yeah. And he, it was almost practically like a class that he gave his kids, which I think is great. Yeah. And, uh, in routine maintenance and, you know, just, uh, just what to watch for, you know, like, uh, make sure you always have a, uh, tire gauge. If this happens, you do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had it all laid out and they even went through practice drills where they changed tires on the, on the car, you know, like, uh, the, you know, the one day I think he, how did he put it? He said, one day I'll, t- I'll pull the, the ultimate trick where I'll deflate one of the tires, one of the good tires. Oh no. And we'll discover, you know, the flat tire. And, uh, and then it'll be her job to, to change that, you know, under my supervision. <laughs> so they did all that, right? And it's a great lesson to learn. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody really on the road should do this, should, should know how to change a tire. And so not long ago, uh, she got her first for real flat tire and sort of panicked about it. A little bit, mm-hmm. which resulted in a call, a call to dad, you know, to find out, uh, you know, what, what should I do? What do I do? Yeah. And he said, no, we listen, we've, we've done this before. You know how to do it. He kind of talked her, talked her through it and, uh, everything turned out just fine. She remembered all the lessons that he had taught her, but, uh, but something as simple as that. Now that's probably a huge confidence booster for her to do oh, it herself sure. in a real situation. And I think that a lot of people need that with other things too. I mean, that's as simple as that, just a spare tire that might give you the confidence to say, well, I, I mean, I've, I've looked up the directions on how to uh, perform an oil change in my car. It's pretty easy. Uh-huh. I'll just give it a shot this weekend. What's the worst that can happen, really? I mean, something like that is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an, a good one to start with. Changing uh, filters. You know, maybe change an yeah. air filter. Change oh, an air filter. Give me sorry. On, yeah. You're getting me started on air filters, man. Oh. One of the number <laughs> one scams. For First of if you if you have time and space, you should be changing your oil at home. Uh, if, if only to avoid the hassle of people continually trying to upsell you on stuff and at times deceitfully telling you that your air filter needs to be changed. Well, that's true. That happens often. It seems like every time you go in, they tell you the filters have to be changed. And, uh, and, you, and many times that's true. Well, they're just they're marked up, you know, so that you can if you know how to do something like that, you can say, no, I have that at home. It's I, I always that's my line is that. uh Oh, I have it at home. It's on my workbench. I'm going to do it uh, tonight when I get home. Right. Yeah. And uh, same with cabin air filters. You know, it's uh-huh. you'll end up paying a lot more for that part at the oil change place, the quick oil change place, oh, yeah. than you will if, if you buy it off the shelf. And of course, some of that is maintenance. You know, not maintenance, but markup rather, because they mm-hmm. they have to make money on that mm-hmm. and the the labor to put it in. So I get that. And some of the less scrupulous places have been caught lying to people. Showing them a dirty air filter uh-huh. that's not even from right. their car. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I know it. I know it does happen, but more often than not, they're they're giving you decent sure. advice. But you don't need to change your air filter every three thousand miles if that's when you're changing your oil too. It's, yeah, it's not necessary every time. Well, another thing that's cool about these sorts of repairs is that for any listener out there who has a kid that's approaching driving age, which I guess counts uh, you as well, right, Scott? Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, one of the best things that I've seen people do is to train your kid, get your kid more familiar with the car by doing repair stuff. If you haven't started already, mm-hmm. like before I knew how to drive, I knew how to change drum brakes and disc brakes. And I hated drum brakes, but I could still do it. I just tried to avoid it at all costs. That's an excellent skill to learn. That's uh that's, that's, I guess, on the on this beginning list. That's more a little bit more complex. I that's think. a little more advanced. Yeah, a little bit, not much, because it's it's really it's really a lot more simple than was, people think. Yeah, I was just, uh, you, you know, I was just like a rug rat hanging out with my yeah. dad in the garage. That's a great way know? to learn. And plus, you see him do it, and then you know, 
All right, well, if he can do that, I can do that. It's not like, you know, it required a bunch of extra special tools or anything like that. And um, you know, we did it in the garage. I remember that part. So yeah. it's it's possible. And it's a bonding thing, right? Yeah. But uh, sure. you're right, Scott. Let's let's talk about some of the basic, most simplistic stuff. We talked about changing a spare, which I agree with you is something that everyone on the road needs to know how to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to find yourself in a, in a position where you're going to have to do this either on the side of the road or in a parking lot or, you know, wherever you are. You need to know the basics of how to do this, where the tools are in the car. Yeah. How to follow, how to follow the step, because the, the steps should be laid out for you in your owner's manual. And you can be someone's hero too. Yeah, you can. That's right. You can, you could assist somebody else in this process mm-hmm. and, and they will be uh, super happy about it because there's a, a plenty, there are plenty of people out there that don't know how to do this. And if you're one that does yeah. know how to, uh, again, you can step in and be a hero for the day. You want to know something really crazy? I don't think I've ever said this on air. What's that? You might not even know. Uh, when our office was in its previous location, I think I was on the third level parking deck. Uh, we had a we had a parking deck that was under our building, and the third level deck was still open to the air, right? And I was there with a coworker when we see a Honda Odyssey drive turn and and drive toward the exit, and the back right tire, I think it was the back right, it's back right or back back left is flat. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, man, it's terrible. And it's going to, you know, it's flat to the point where I, I see it and I think, how does she not know? Well, it's only flat on the bottom part. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> so we like flagged this lady down and she's thinking there's a, you know, said, well, it seemed like it was driving a little weird. I'm like, Didn't you stop and think about that? Wow. And so, uh, and an older, older lady as well. Sure. So I changed the tire on her Honda Odyssey. That's like, uh, well, I don't even know how to just put that into. It was emotionally difficult. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like your, uh, your arch nemesis vehicle. I, mean, I just, nice. I'm learning. I, I'm just now learning to talk about it. But, uh, and this is a true story. <laughs> Ben's you could, kryptonite. You could check with my, uh, you could check with our coworker, Lauren Vogelbaum. She was there. Wow. And, uh, and I said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but, haven't told me that. No, I, uh, I swear, man, scouts well, honor. That's true. You know what? You did the right thing. I'm not proud of it. You, well, you did. <laughs> well, no, you did the right thing. And, and that's the thing is if everybody, you know, knew how to do that, then you wouldn't have been in that position, I guess. But, um, it's, it's nice that you could step in and help somebody out. I'm sure they appreciate it. And you've it. done the same thing. And listeners, you probably have done the same thing as well. Yeah, sure. It happens daily. I mean, you, I see three or four people on the way home that have a flat tire on the side of the road, but they look like they're handling it. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't ever stop to do it. You know, another but, one that's really simple. What's that? Uh, headlamps. Oh yeah, yeah. Changing headlamps. Now, this one has a couple of varying different levels too. There's some caveats. Sometimes you'll get a vehicle where uh, you'll have to move the battery. You'll have to, you know, slide something out of the way in order to in order to get at the back of the the headlamp. Mm. The older cars, you know, they would you come in from the front. Really, it was more like a right. a, a lamp, I guess. You know, you plug it into a socket. Uh, these you still plug into a socket, but they're encased in plastic now, and that's why you see everybody with those yellow headlamps um, or the, the lenses, anyways. Uh, but it's it's a little bit more difficult on the on the newer cars, but also it's a super simple thing to do. And again, mm-hmm. big confidence booster because once you've repaired something like that, mm-hmm. then all the bulbs in the in the vehicle are possible. Really, um, <laughs> nothing is impossible to fix on the car. Really, I mean, honestly, if you just uh-huh. have the confidence to do it, and and if you take a few minutes to think about the repair, think about it logically before you attack it, because right. you want to start breaking trim pre- trim pieces and. Um, you know, stripping screws and things mm. like that if you don't have the right tools and, you know, et cetera. But that's part of my advice that's coming up later. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, I'll save mine All right, for so, the same thing. So what about, okay, we mentioned air filter. That's the engine air filter. Right, that's right. very, very easy. Sometimes it's a few screws on top of a uh, the, the a box. plastic box. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's that easy. Other times it's even just clips, you know, that you just undo with your mm-hmm. fingers. It's really, really simple. Um, okay, how about, um, well, we talked about the the... Replacing bulbs and, and oil, and mm-hmm. we mentioned brakes, but I want to come back to that in just a moment. Okay. But, um, spark plugs. Now this uh, one. Spark plugs. Okay, this one. Uh, this one hits a personal note here. I <laughs> last weekend. You know, we we. <laughs> yeah, this is tough. This has been a tough week. So, a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, I think we talked about um, dealer service versus doing it yourself. Right. Right. Or right. taking it to another mechanic or, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Should I take it into the dealership? Should I do it my, on my own? I decided that I was going to start doing the stuff on my own to save, you know, the six or $700 that the 
you know, the the ten thousand mile checkups are going to cost. Which is not a small no, small slice of scratch. No, it becomes expensive because you know then they rec- they've got your vehicle there and they start recommending things, and if you don't do it, then you either have to do it yourself because mm-hmm. it, it's necessary, or um, well, there's a couple of options for you, I guess. But my choice was to uh, you know look at the list, you know, the uh-huh. recommended service, and have it done, you know, some of it done at a shop because the oil changes and things like that. I just don't have the time to do it on the weekend. It's easier. Mm-hmm. So I have that done, and I decided, well, I can change the filters. I can, um, you know, look at the spark plugs and see if they're okay and, you know, whatever they recommend. Some of the stuff is just um, um, inspect, not replace. So I see. I'm confident doing all that stuff, all the yeah. fluids and all yeah. that, maintaining it. That's that's fine. There's some things that I am going to have to go to the dealer for, like, you know, trans fluid change and things like that, uh, timing belt, you know, that those issues. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it was time for me to do the spark plugs, and it's a sixty thousand miles. So I, I, you know, simply went in to change the spark plugs, and I bought a set of spark. And th- there was nothing wrong with them, by the way. And I had done the air filters and mm-hmm. you know the, the cabin filters and all that. Mm-hmm. Simple enough to replace spark plugs, but they've got these coils. You know that they're not. Uh, it's not like the old type with the you know the wires that come from the distributor, and you know it's not that way anymore. It's now these coil packs that that feed down deep into the head mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you pull them out and then you have to have an extension to get the plugs out. So take yeah. them out. Everything works fine. Replace the plugs, put in what's, you know, recommended by the auto parts store. Great. Asked about their pre-gapped and all that. Oh yeah, they're pre-gapped. Everything's fine. You know, it's, it's a, it's a direct fit for your car and they're uh, pre-gapped. Okay. Well, this is car, you know, auto maintenance 101, I guess, when I, I did not check the gap on those plugs before I put them in. In my haste, I just put them in thinking that they were going to be gapped correctly from the factory. That's not like you. Oh, I know. I know it. I didn't. I just didn't do it. I skipped that one simple step and put them in and later found out that they were gapped way too big and and, and varying gaps. They weren't even consistent in, mm-hmm. in the gap. And I blew out a coil on the thing on the way. And, but this is like a this is like a day and a half later when this this problem happens. Mm-hmm. And so whatever's happening, you know, the engine's bucking and it's di- dying on me and it won't get up to speed and... I'm still downtown, so I limp home. I mean, literally, I think it was in limp-in mode. It was it was acting very, very strange. I get home, mm-hmm. and I start digging around online to find out what could cause that. And, of course, I remember that I just put spark plugs in, and this seems like an electrical issue, a misfire thing. Yeah. So start there, right? And just right. by chance, you know, there are many, many people that say all those those coils go out all the time, and here's exactly what it does. And it was exhibiting all of those symptoms, every one of them. So I knew that was probably the, the culprit. Yeah. I pulled out the plugs again. You know, all this, all this stuff is just frustrating, you know, to no end. Because I'm taking off the um, uh, the connectors that go to the coils. Mm-hmm. And, of course, three out of the four clips I break off with my fingertip because uh, where they are, where they're positioned, they're they're super brittle now because mm-hmm. of the heat that's, that's yeah. generated right there. Yeah. It's just frustrating. Like, every little step is like, it should be a simple thing, replacing spark plugs, but every little thing was fighting me every step of the way. And finally, I got it all back together, got the new coils. I had to order those, and they missed the truck, and you know that ended up happening late at night one night. And it was just, it, the whole thing was trouble, but it was easy to find somebody else who had dealt with the exact same situation mm-hmm. and gave me a good starting spot, you know, somewhere that I could go without having a diagnostic tool, because I don't have that yet, but I, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to get one um, specific for that vehicle. And, right, because uh, it's still, still going to have the check engine on yeah, it. Yeah, so see, I mean, this is, I've been working on cars for decades now, really, yeah. and something like this can be so troubling to me, even as simple as a spark plug change, something can go wrong that will cause it to be a bigger repair 
that maybe you didn't intend, uh, you know, to tackle, and mm-hmm. then you have to. You have to you have to think your way around it or take it somewhere and have them do it for the added expense of undoing what you've done and then completing the, you know, completing the fix. So I, I'm guessing that you've probably had things like that, too, where you started something, realize it's just something that you can't carry on with. You know, like, I, I did this, and now this is happening, something different. I'm just I'm going to take it into the dealer oh, yeah, and have yeah. them look at it. Oh wait, okay. Up till that, or, up till you said dealer, I, I was like, well, yes, I too have started a Pink Floyd cover band. <laughs> that was just too much. We got off more <laughs> than we could chew. No, you're you're right. Uh, I have I've been in situations where, in my case, when I was still living back home with my folks, it was it was way easier because they had all the tools. They had most of the tools I would need, so yeah. I was able to address a varied number of repairs. But when I was living in apartments or when I was living in smaller rented houses, sometimes what I would do at that house versus what I would go to a dealership for was decided by the access to tools. Oh, sure. And you know? um, in every position, did you have a garage available to you as well? I mean, or sometimes were you in an open right, parking lot? Exactly. And, and, and that's, you can do it there, but... Uh, it's frowned upon by management usually. Really? Usually. I can see that. Usually. But what do you think? I mean, also, you're susceptible to rain and things like that, you mm-hmm. know, more so than if you're in a garage, of course. And then if it's a shared parking lot, you have to be respectful of other people's space. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So especially if it's a tight lot and yeah. you need to jack up a car and some space to move around it, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but with, with that being said, with that being said, uh, I've been very fortunate to rarely, to rarely get in over my head, and that's that all goes down to what I'm gonna say is my my number one tip for familiarizing yourself or other people with any kind of auto repair, especially if you're helping someone who doesn't know a lot about cars, dip their toes in for the first time. Then the key. Whether you are inexperienced or super experienced, the key is always this. Prepare. Be prepared. Know what, I know it sounds Boy Scoutish, but have the entire operation in your head before you actually put your hands on anything. Yeah, that's where a, a, an online tool of any kind yes. I mean, is so, so helpful in this situation. And as well as print material. And I take, I take notes before I do any kind of repair where, you know, I have, uh, well, you know, Bad example here, but the second time around, I had you know the the spark plug gap, the torque specs for the uh, for the plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, made sure I had my torque wrench. Made sure I had all the right fittings. Made sure um, you know I, I, if I needed a um, a specific bit for the job, you know, like because that's the thing with these online tutorials or even in the in the um, of course in the manuals, you know, the shop manuals, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to tell you specifically what tools you need, and, and you might as well just go ahead and get that stuff out and ready to go. And if you're missing something. Yeah. Don't don't start the project yet. Go to the store and get that uh, that specific, you know, uh, bit driver, whatever you need right. to make this work. If you need a, a certain length of ex- extension uh, for your socket set, uh, you make sure you have that because that stuff is going to be. It, it, you get your car halfway apart. That's uh-huh. not the time to discover you're missing a tool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's I guess the best way. And and also, no one starts out as an expert. That's the that's another thing is that I think everybody who starts this that feels like well. Man, I don't, I don't know if, if, if you've never done a repair like this before, you might think like, I, I don't know if I have the, the confidence to do this. I, I don't know what I'm going to encounter. 
Right. This is something that usually other guys do. I'm not really that kind of guy to fix things on my own. But They might feel like young Scott Benjamin in shop class saying, well, wait, it has to start when we put it back together. <laughs> yeah, what am I going to do with this engine that you just put in front of me? That's That looks complex. Uh-huh. You know, but it's really, really simple. But you don't you don't know that until you dig into it, and then you realize like it's a lot easier than you think. Um, and if you, as long as you follow the procedures, and that's the other thing is you got to be able to uh, be able to follow instructions. And I guess it's the same as like cooking or anything. You know, it's you you have to follow the recipe in order to make it turn out correct. Right. And the same thing with this is these procedures that are put in place. It's because people have done it hundreds of times, thousands of times. They know exactly what you're going to do or how you should do it, rather. You just have to follow that the, that step by step, and and likely everything will come out okay. So that's that's the thing is just be prepared, follow the instructions, and everything should work out fine. And and just have the confidence to begin that process. That's the thing is just just you got to get in and get hands on. And if it helps you, have somebody that's more experienced oh, yeah. stand by and watch you or guide you a little bit. And, or have, and they're happy to do that. Or usually. have someone. Equally inexperienced, bring the beer. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's, that's the thing is like I, you could. I said this before, but you can go online and, and watch YouTube videos of your specific repair. Oh yeah, just about anything really. I mean, it's it's amazing what's there. There's so much available right now, and it's, you'll and you'll need it too because some cars are just going to have innately more sophisticated repairs mm-hmm. just due to the design. I think I have mentioned this before, but. One of the great and strange engineering idiosyncrasies about the Monte Carlo that I had was that to change the battery, which is another thing everyone should be able to do, uh, which we'll get to, but to change the battery, you had to remove this strut that was under the hood yeah. between the battery and, uh, between the battery and the, and the hood. And it, it took like, I like four bolts on it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it didn't take that long. It was just a pain. It was very much like, why is this thing here? And then the battery itself was sideways. It was on its side, hmm. my friend. Hmm. Uh, because the, the way they had designed this, I guess they hadn't designed it with. Oh, you're saying the terminals were on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the liquids would stay in because the caps are on the top. Right. The main yes. caps. I yeah, guess. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the terminals were on the side and. It hit me the first time I had to change it, and every time I would help somebody with a jump or something, it started to irritate me. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.
done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You know how little things irritate you sometimes? Yeah. And, and especially familiarity breeds a sort of contempt. I love that carb. Man, every time I opened the hood and I saw the, the uh, awkward placement of the battery, it, it, some part of me was like, I'm going to find the name of the people who designed it, which is crazy and petty and dumb. <laughs> but, but my, my point being like, there are, uh, there are some things that you will find depending upon the make model of your car that will be, I guess if we wanted to rate them in, in like three arbitrary levels I made up right now. Okay. There would be, uh, the, a few things are going to be very, very simple systems it should always be. Very simple to change a tire, to replace a headlamp, things like that. There are going to be things that are intermediate prior preparation, right? Prevents piss poor performance or whatever it's called. Yeah. And then number three, which is more disturbing and which we've mentioned that we see the rise of more and more often now will be the just mysterious black boxes that you even though you own your car, are not allowed to touch. Yeah, these are the control modules, the electronic yeah, yeah, control yeah. modules that, that in turn control everything in the vehicle mm-hmm. and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And the problem is you can also you can get a diagnostic code reader and, and right. you can buy a scan, a generic scan tool and, it, and plug it in and it'll work. And you can buy ones that's specific for your vehicle, you know, your type of vehicle, and that'll even, even be better, which will give you codes that you can then use to make the proper repairs, but mm-hmm. there's kind of a, um, there's a false confidence that comes about with these, I think sometimes that, you know, you can get the codes, but then what caused the codes to happen? You know, there's, there's more troubleshooting, more diagnostics that have to happen, more, um, critical thinking, I think that has to yeah. happen. You can't just blindly go with what even that code reader says. So, you know, that's an answer, but it's not the end all answer to mm-hmm. everything. I mean, it, it would help a lot, you know, if you know what to do with that, but, you still need to think through this whole thing. And, and that's, that's something that I've learned along the way. Um, I guess a little bit more advice, I, I suppose, <laughs> is that take a little bit of time to, to really think about it. Don't just dive in and start throwing parts at, at, you know, the problem when you think you know what it is, because that's going to get really expensive. 
it could cause other problems in, in mm-hmm. some situations. You replace sensors that then, well, you know, anyway, so there's, there's, there can be problems with doing that. And usually there are problems with doing that. You want to find the underlying root cause of whatever you're repairing and, mm-hmm. and go for that. And if you're not capable of thinking through the way the whole system works, and I, it does take some, some, uh, some learning, I guess, you know, some book sure. learning yeah. <laughs> or online learning, I guess. Um, you have to you have to really dig into this and, and understand the whole system in order to know it, that replacing this part isn't going to fix the problem. It's going to come back again or it's not it's not going to do anything. It's going to have the exact same drivability issues that you had before. Right. But now you've spent one hundred and fifty dollars on that part that you thought it was. And that's not it. It was still good. The one that you threw out was good. So that happens yeah. a lot. And. All this stuff, I mean, you can't emphasize that enough is that, you know, the, the critical thinking, the, um, you know, attacking the root cause is what you really need to do. And that's something that comes with, um, I guess, more um, advanced, not advanced, it may be advanced knowledge, but I guess just age, you know, like where you, uh, you, you've done this for a while now and you, you know that, you know, that fuse isn't, you don't, the answer when you got a blown fuse isn't to just keep replacing the fuse. You got to find what's causing right. that fuse yeah. to blow. And that type of thinking, yeah, that's what that, it, and there, there to are a people, bigger extent, yeah, though. There are people who just drive around with uh, extra fuses. Well, sure, yeah. And, and it's just not, ready to pop it in. It's not a bad idea to do that, I guess, because, you know, there's going to be a situation where, yeah, you're, let's say you're jump-starting someone's vehicle and you uh, you cross the turn, you, you make a mistake. You cross the terminal, something yeah. else blows out, yeah. and the fuse goes. I mean, then you know what happened. And the fuse, you knew why the fuse blew. Ah, but my friend, I'm referring specifically to the people who say, I know there is a problem that needs to be fixed, but I'll just keep driving this thing. That's, you know, like I know my car eats a lot of oil. (laughs) So instead of finding the leak, why don't I just always have oil? carry oil. Just top it off. Well, that happens. I mean, and sometimes that's a stopgap thing that you have to do you have to you know wait until you've got the money to fix the part or whatever and that's uh oh and here we are more advice i guess you don't need you know bucket loads of money to do some of this stuff in fact doing it yourself will save you a lot of money uh, Mm -hmm. and labor Mm -hmm. if it's something that you can confidently do on your own it's something that you don't uh make a bigger mess out of you know then it ends up costing you a lot more let's say that you uh you get overly confident and you think like well i'm gonna i'm gonna tackle that timing chain myself I'm going to do that job at home in the in the garage on the weekend, and then you know what would have been an expensive repair at the at the dealership or you know the local mechanic. Let's say it would have been like twelve hundred bucks to replace it because those things are deep in the engine. Yeah, you got sometimes you have to take the front end of the car off to get to it or whatever. An old Audi that I had it was like that. Um, but let's say that you attempt that at your on your own, yeah. and you get it to the point where you know you've you've either screwed something up and caused you know a problem inside the engine. <laughs> Or, you know, just along the way, you've given up. You know, you needed too many special tools, and it's just too hard, and you're not going to have this thing done by the time you need to go to work on Monday. Um, then it becomes, you know, instead of a $1,200 job, now it's like a, a you know, $4,000 job because of, you know, them having to mop up what you've made a mistake, you know, <laughs> your your your, uh, your incorrect right. repair. So uh, use some good common sense, I guess. I think that's, uh, that's another thing is just, you know, really think it through, and is it something that you should attempt on your own? Uh, mm-hmm. Not everything is possible at home anymore, like you said. Um, transmissions that are finicky about the, the specific types of fluids right. they require and the seals and how they're treated, and they have to be almost assembled in like a – practically like a clean room yeah. you know, um, yeah. where there's no dust, no anything, because all that stuff can foul everything up. And, and really, you know, inside of a transmission is uh, – it's very, very complex. You don't want to tackle that on your own workbench in most cases. Some people can, 
it's not uh, it's not recommended for most people. But there's mm-hmm. there's a few things like that. So so look into it and get on the forums, talk to other people, yeah, uh, that have your specific vehicle, and and they will kind of have it. They'll say, well, how experienced are you at turning a wrench? And, you know, are you <laughs> right. are you good at this? Or are you generally not good at it? Are you newer? They're going to kind of gauge your ability and let you know whether you should or should not attempt this. You know, like. Um, I think it was on, you know, on a forum recently for this whole spark plug coil thing that mm. I saw someone who said, you know, if you can't do this, then you probably shouldn't be pumping your own gas. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that easy. You know, this, this part is so easy. You don't need to worry. Now, you, don't you know, there's still some people who don't pump their own well, gas. <laughs> I do that. I do know that, but you know, get ready for a little bit of that on there too. You know, some sarcasm, mm-hmm. but you, you have to watch out for that anywhere really now online, it seems. But, uh, but there'll be some people that are generally or, or genuinely there to help you as well. I think it's I think it's fun. It's productive. It keeps you out of the bars. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's uh, it keeps you out of the bars and off the side of the interstate. But it also um, I, I think also it's an opportunity that is not going to be as frequent in the near future because again I know I'm I might be beating a dead Buick here, but the overall trend is pointing toward cars that cannot be repaired at home. I think you're right. And I think that's a terrible thing. I agree. And you know what? I've <laughs> this this week with this yeah. was going on. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about some of the possibilities of what it could have been. Now the coil packs fixed it and it's drivable. I'm I'm here at work now, so it uh it definitely worked, but yeah. I was looking at some of the possibilities of what it also could have been and uh-huh. it wasn't likely, but it possibly could have been. Um, some of those things were pretty scary, you know, that, uh, the, the, yeah. the potential problems, uh, that, that create similar symptoms in the car. And, and you start reading and you're reading some of those and you think like, man, that's something I can't really, I can't tackle that at home unless I have this specific tool. And if I buy that tool, then mm-hmm. how often am I going to use that tool? And how long before I make up that cost, you know, in being able to repair something myself, how long will that take? Cause it's expensive. Um, it, it just the, the, all these scenarios go through your head and you're right, Ben, that I feel like a lot of people now just say, I just can't even, I can't even imagine doing much more than just checking the oil level in the car and replacing a few filters. And that's about it. I mean, that mm-hmm. most people are not comfortable uh, plugging in a scan tool, diagnosing the car with that, and then thinking about what the, the issue is. And then, you know, uh, soldering in harnesses and, you know, the, uh, right. a lot of people aren't comf- comfortable with that anymore. And so much of it now is electronic work. Right. That um, yeah. it, it makes it really, really difficult. And that's good and bad. I mean, you know, the cars are cars run fantastic when they work well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when something goes wrong, it's not something you can always fix in the garage yourself. So, uh, again, that's maybe uh, we've we've talked about the, the pros, cons, old versus new, I'm sure, in the past many, many oh, times. Yes. And yeah. I, I do find that some of the older cars, I was a lot more confident about diving in under the hood uh, than my newer vehicles. You know, right. the, the past two or three cars that I've had really. Um, just don't, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more leery about jumping in and doing everything myself. And, uh, th- I mean, there's, there's something to that really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, uh, for instance, on the hybrid escape that I'm driving now, you know, if something goes wrong with the electric motor, I, that is outside of my area of expertise. And, and I don't think you absolutely should touch that. I mean, there's uh there's high voltages involved and you just don't want to do anything with that. Oh, I don't know, man. What a way to go, right? <laughs> I 
I don't. That's not very heroic. I don't think. <laughs> you lie at the funeral, and I'll, uh, oh, and listeners, everyone listening, also lie at the funeral. This will be our secret. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That, there, again, there are a few things that you shouldn't tackle, but for the most part, I mean, I, I'm I'm here to encourage you that most of the stuff is pretty easy. Right. It still is outside of the electronic modules and replacing that and, you know, having to relearn certain things. And mm-hmm. um, it, it seems like most things you can still do yourself. You can still do a fair amount of, of just hardware replacement swap right. out yeah. type stuff and, uh, and and still be in good shape. And if you happen to have an older car, you buy an older car for a project or something. That's a great place to, to start. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a wonderful thing to learn. And you can apply that to other things because now I have uh, I have. Some confidence of like uh, my my phone needs a new battery. It's had a, mm-hmm. has a real bad situation going on with that, but I'm sort of confident that I can follow the procedures that are online to replace that battery. It's just a hardware swap, really. Yeah, and holy smokes, if I can do these kind of repairs, then listeners, you certainly can. Yeah, that's true. But then, okay, to, to counterbalance this, uh, I've tried to repair a broken DVD player before, uh-huh. and it resulted in an actual fire. A fire like the, the. Were you in a hurry? You know what? I, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't Were you in like, a hurry. I and, have to see the last ten minutes no, of Wild Wild West. No, no, the case is open. Uh-huh. It, was my, it, was my, it was my mom's DVD player. I probably told you this. It wasn't working, and I thought this is like when. DVDs were pretty new, relatively new, you know, DVD mm-hmm. players. Yeah. And I still had a VHS at my house, and, you know, I had repaired that in the past. I mean, that's a more of a mechanical system than anything, really. Right, yeah. And I had, I had successfully fixed VCRs before, so I thought, why, well, this can't be that much different. I open up the the uh, case of the DVD player, and it's, of course, just nothing but electronic, you know, electric boards, uh-huh. motherboards and right. stuff. And uh, I still thought I could poke around and figure out what was wrong, so I... I Fixed what I thought looked wrong with it, and I plugged it in to see if I could make it work. And as soon as I plugged it in, a small blue and yellow flame appeared in the middle of. <laughs> I don't know what. Summoning I have no idea what happened, but it was like maybe a two or three inch flame that only lasted for about two seconds, and uh-huh. it was gone. And you know, the, a little puff of smoke that's in the room, and uh, just the worst feeling ever. That you know, that's uh, I've ruined my mom's DVD player thinking that I could. You know, fix it. Stuff like that happens occasionally, but um, I don't know. So I'm, 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 I'm a little leery about the phone repair that's coming up. But yeah, um, again, I replaced the phone screen. Uh, really? Yeah, it's oh, it, nice work. You just have to be patient. But the the problem is, uh, a lot of these phones are increasingly like the cars. Phones are actually in the forefront of this charge. They're built so that instead of repairing one. It's more convenient for someone to buy a new one. Ah, uh, they have things like proprietary uh, screw heads, mm-hmm. planned obsolescence. To, yeah, you yeah. have to buy the uh, the screw head that fits that phone. Yeah, um, things and you like can that, find you know. kits, but also you can find rating systems for how difficult or easy a home repair is on a phone. Yeah, I got some bad news, man. I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want to like compromise too much of our personal lives here by saying what kind of phones we have. But you and I have uh, have had very similar phone models, and uh, they are rated as terrible to uh, replace, at least for the screen. Oh, boy. But you did it successfully. Yeah. Good work. Well, it wasn't quite the same after <laughs> I got everything sandwiched back together. Yeah. But it worked. The engine started, you could say. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, 
It looked janky, man, to be honest with you. Because I got, I, I had every, most everything back in the right place and screwed down. And every so often it would just be weird because I, you know, I was working by hand. I'd never done this before. Yeah. I wasn't as precise as a professional would be at all, but I'm, I am, it, it did give a, give me a sense of validation. It's like, look, I well, fixed the thing. Well, see, that's the way I feel about uh, this week. I'm feeling that way about my spark plug fix. Yeah. And that's silly. I know, but, but I feel really good about it because something else happened and I was able to diagnose that and repair it successfully. And once you're done with that, I tell you, it's a great, it's a great feeling. It's really a, a true confidence booster. And this is kind of, I'm just starting to kind of wade into this car as far as like, you know, at home repairs with, with stuff that's, you know, coming up, you know, just re- regular maintenance stuff. Yeah, and I gotta say, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure yet, but it's almost like it's starting to uh, uh, starting. It's almost like we got a better relationship, me and my car now. Uh, you know, before <laughs> I was a little bit cold about it, and it, uh-huh. it's like I, I've got a little bit more of a uh, feeling of like, yeah, this is my car, and I can I can handle generally what comes up on it. I can I can fix it, and I've had that really strong with my other vehicles, but to, you know, this car to date, uh, not quite as much. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an inseparable bond or anything that we've got yet, but, um, I guess I could see that, you know, after a few years of doing stuff like this, it might, it might improve, um, mm-hmm. our relationship, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> the way I feel about yeah. the car, you know, like if, if I'm confident that I can fix some things and, you know, feel good about being able to keep it on the road, um, you know, at home, you know, with stuff I do at home, uh, that's going to, that's going to help. That's going to help my, uh, um, my outlook, I guess, about keeping or getting rid of that car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah. that uh, that plays big into that. Um, let's see what else. So we talked about tools, but we didn't really say that you don't need to buy like some huge professional toolkit or anything. No. In fact, no, keep no, it no. simple. And, yeah. and a lot of cases, I mean, you don't need all these specialty tools and things. Uh, just just buy a good general toolkit. You can buy a um, kind of a catch-all kit that has mm-hmm. you know screwdrivers and sockets and all that. And think you, of it like a garage survival kit. Yeah, and and when you have to change that O2 sensor. Find out specifically what um, you know what what socket you need for it, and go out and right. buy just that one to add to your kit. A simple a simple uh, collection of well organized tools is going to be infinitely more convenient and more valuable than like a hoarder collection of. We've all seen this, you know, just the box of just hammers and bolts. Yeah, and no, or, or here is a bucket of different sockets. Yeah. Oh, that. I just dig through till I find, you know, seven eighths. Yeah, that happens, and I, I I've seen people that operate like that, and uh, that is no way to keep your your tools organized, and it, it makes things a lot more difficult. Uh, they somehow manage, but I don't quite understand how that works out. I'm a little bit more organized than that in my personal life. I hope uh, I hope most people are really. I think when they uh, when they when they start something like this, they keep the tools all you know where they should be, so they can they can. You know, easy access, and you can uh, you know quickly grab whatever you need. Mm-hmm. No real hassle to that whole thing. And again, you don't have to go out and buy snap-on tools as you're you know if you're going to just begin. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying you know they're great tools. I'm just saying you don't need to do that when you're just starting out. If you're if you're planning to uh, you know tackle a brake job this weekend, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to buy the best tools out there. Now, of course. If you and I ever start a uh, an auto tool empire, then we'll we'll have a kit for the kind of tools you need. Of course, and it'll be crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Really ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to hear what uh, I'd like to hear more from our listeners about your craziest repair. Yeah, you know, I 
we we I think we did a show on this. Was it? It was like Gonzo repairs or something. You know, like some <laughs> of the crazy things that you've done. I I was thinking of one recently, but I I almost brought it up in this, but it doesn't really fit in this. But now that we're now that we're talking about it, maybe yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. On the road one time, I had a um, I, was like, I think it was in my Festiva. Uh, the exhaust, one of the one of the um, one of the brackets in the back, finally just gave way. You know, rusted out. It was the original muffler on the thing, uh-huh. and one of the brackets or the the clip holding it. So I'm dragging the exhaust through town, right? And it just happened, you know, I don't know, half a block back, and I pull over, and it's pouring rain outside. And of course, the muffler's all hot and everything, and it's summertime. Um, Pouring rain, and I'm in the middle of this little downtown area, Birmingham, Michigan, uh-huh. right in the like on the main stretch there in downtown. And I've got the situation. I don't know if I should rip the muffler off because it's still firmly connected at the front. I don't have the right tools to do that with me at the time. I don't know why I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I needed to find some way to just you know hold it back up. I needed some wire or something like that. Didn't have that, and so I tore. I had an old T-shirt on. Yeah. I tore I, uh, one of the sleeves off my off my shirt, and I used that to kind of like lasso the uh, the connector, you know, around the uh, the exhaust mm-hmm. and hold it up to that old connector that was still yeah. there and tie it on. And it just it looked like hell, but it got me home. Yeah, and things cool. like that happen. I mean, you have to use what you've got and what's available. And I've done that so many times with you know my MG and um, I, I guess on that CRX I did that many many times. I always um, think of those as MacGyver moments. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I'd like to hear some people's examples of what they did. Yeah. You know, like, have you ever tried that thing where you put an egg in the uh, in the radiator or the pepper? Oh yeah, yeah. And we had a podcast on that one too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it pepper in the radiator? Yeah, I think it was pepper in the radiator. Yeah, and you know things like that are which are is fun a to, last resort. Those are fun to talk about. You know those things, but. But I guess I think what I really would like to get from our listeners here is uh, some of the guys that have have you know been wrenching on cars for decades, you know, uh-huh. long, long time. Yeah. And I'd like to get some advice from those guys, you know, to 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 give to some of our other listeners who maybe are brand new to this or still lacking the confidence to get out there and, and do this for the first time. Like, what yeah. what are some of the things you learned along the way that that are just critical um, that that would you know help somebody out? You know, that would give them the confidence to go out and do something. You know, something simple like a like spark plug repair or changing mm-hmm. the oil or you know, even a brake job. Oh, can I just say one more quick thing about this? This, yeah. If you're thinking about, and this is going back to advice, I guess. You said this with brakes. So you, you did brakes. Um, uh, you did both drum brakes and uh, disc brakes, right? Right. The first time I did drum brakes, one of the best things that I that I heard, and one of the best pieces of advice that I heard from anybody, was that it, the first time you do this, and maybe even a couple of times after you do this. Take both sides apart, but uh, as far as like exposing both sides, yeah. But leave one side connected in the way it was from the factory as you do the other repair. Don't don't attempt to do. <laughs> right. Don't try to do like uh, you know remove the shoes both on both once. sides at yeah. one time. Leave one intact, and then you can go around to kind of have a reference point to know what it should look like. That's a great idea. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm, simple things like that. But see, that's advice that you only understand or know after you've done it a few times. Here's here's another one, especially in this age of cell phones. Use your cell phone to take a photograph of the thing as well. That's really good. That's another, that, you know, for something where there's not a paired system mm-hmm. like there are with drum brakes. Yeah. And I did, well, you know what I did just recently too, this week, um, on the intake manifold of my car, there's a, a hose that, or actually rather just a, um, an opening for a hose, uh, I guess, um, a tube that comes off of the intake manifold and it looks like it's missing a hose. Mm. Uh, and I thought, well, that could be a vacuum issue if that you know found its way off of there if it bounced right. off in some yeah. way so i went online and i just looked up a, you know a photograph of my engine bay 
you know, from, from someone else, you know, that mm-hmm. somebody's posted. And mm-hmm. I was able to see that there's not supposed to be anything there. It's just like a breather almost. And, or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but, um, I, I was concerned that, you know, I was missing a hose and all I had to do was look at a photograph of another similar engine, the same engine, mm-hmm. and realize that no, it's not missing that part or that should be, you know, still open instead of connected. So, uh, things like that, it's, it's, it's really an invaluable tool and it's a great time to, uh, you know, to have access to all stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, online service manuals, you don't even have to get the old Ch- uh, Chilton's or Haynes manuals anymore <laughs> if you don't want to. I think you should still have them. I, I like to have one. I like to have one in the car with yep, me. Yep, read my mind. And, and have also I like the, to have it just, car. you know, the, uh, the old, uh, dog-eared version on the, uh, on the workbench, you know, with, with, uh, oil with all over the oil, thumbprints yeah, on oil, it. Oil <laughs> everywhere on that thing, but, um, it's a great thing to have and you can, of course, pass that along with the new owner, you know, when you sell the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but online versions that are available, and you can print pages from those if you want to take it out into the garage for the, the sure. procedure. And I, there's just there's so much advice that we could give to a new renter that uh, that would be valuable, I think. But um, I would like to hear from our listeners and, mm-hmm. and have them write in with some of the, uh, I guess, some of the just some of the sage wisdom wisdom that they right. have. Some of the hard-earned wisdom, some of the, and then the engine exploded, and now I know not to do X. <laughs> yeah, here's here's why you do not do a timing belt job on your own at home. I think, yeah, I think everybody's got their own stories with this stuff, so uh, we'd love to hear it. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter, where we are, Car Stuff HSW. We always have some interesting things that may not make it to the air for one reason or another, and that's your way that's the best place to find those. You can also check out the podcast that we talked about earlier on our website, carstuffshow.com, and write to us directly. We're not kidding. We want these stories of like the weirdest, or most disastrous, or coolest repairs you ever did, uh, inside tips for your fellow listeners, new and old renters alike. You can send those to us directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.